Welcome to Twice Born Podcasts. My name is Mike Bailey. Thank you so much for listening. We'd love to get your feedback, and if you have any questions, please go to twiceborn.net. You can also find us on social media. I hope that you find this podcast helpful and informative. God bless. Is what is the meaning of life, or what is the purpose of life, and what is my purpose in life? And maybe this morning you've come and that's the question you have. Maybe you've walked through life and you've been successful or you've gone through challenges. There's a lot that has happened in your life. And you ask yourself, what is my purpose? I know for me, growing up, uh, it, I felt like there was a lot of things put in front of me. Have a great job. Have a successful this. Have a successful that. Be successful in this. And then that's the whole purpose of life is just to live a successful life. And then I had other people tell me, life is about experiences and just experience as much as you can. And you get one go around in this life. Uh, make sure it's a good one, right? Live, uh, eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow you will die. That's kind of the motto of the world, and that's the things that we see around us. But the beauty of coming to Christ, and if you're here today, and, and this is really just a, 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 you're checking Christianity out, you want to see what it means to be a Christian, I'm so glad you're here, because we're going to talk about what it means to be a follower of Christ, and the beautiful truth that God gives us purpose in life. One of the most amazing things to me is when I realized that I, I, when I follow Christ, when I give Jesus my life, when I invest in seeking God, he reveals where I came from, why I'm here, and where I'm going. And so it's a powerful truth to know why you're here, because there's so many things going on, but there's also that thing in the back of all of our minds, that clock, right, that continues to tick, and we begin to think, well, I'm getting closer to the end. You know, today you're one day closer to the end of your life. That's not a very happy thought, is it? But it's a true thought. It's a true thought. And it's really interesting to think that 100% of 100 people are going to die one day. We're all faced with this challenge. We're all faced with the reality that this is a temporary thing that we're in. That this is not going to keep going on as it, as it always will and always has. And so this morning, and, and as we go through this, I really want to look at five different areas that God reveals to us the purpose of life. And if you're here this morning and you've been really frustrated or you've been challenging yourself, like, what am I to do with my life? How do I want my life to be uh, seen in the end? What do I want my life to be all about? Well, hopefully this encourages you. Hopefully this supports you. Hopefully this gives you some direction. My prayer is that you don't hear Mike's opinion. You don't hear anything from me, but you hear from the Holy Spirit of God. That God himself, through his word that he's revealed, would speak to you. Some people say, uh, you hear God? I'm like, yeah, I hear God every single day. I mean, what do you mean you hear God every single day? Yeah, he talks every single day to me. Out loud? Well, sometimes. When I read his words out loud, he talks out loud. Do you know that any moment you can hear God's word, you can hear him? Just open your word. Open the Bible. 66 books, 1,400 years, 40 different authors, one true author, the Holy Spirit of God, given to us that we may know where we came from, why we're here, and where we're going. That we have this amazing opportunity to know our purpose. What an amazing gift. And that's what we're going to talk about today is gifts. How many of you enjoy gifts? How many of you do not like gifts? How many of you hate it when I ask you to raise your hand? This is church. We don't raise our hand in church, Mike. Okay, I got it. Gifts, gifts. 
This is uh, an important question for us to ask ourselves because I believe if we know our gift, it leads us to our purpose. If we know what God has gifted us to do, it leads us to a clear definition or a clear focus on what we're to do. And so we're going to look at that idea of gifts. But as I was thinking of the idea of gifts, as a father, gifts change a lot, right? When you're a kid, Christmas, your birthday, there's always, you know, I have some wrapping paper back here. There's that hidden, you, you know... I don't know, when you were growing up, I have three brothers. They'd always try to find out where mom and dad hid the presents so that they could see them before the day. What's the good in that? Then you know what you're getting. There's no surprise. But there's something about gifts, isn't there? There's something about gifts. There's a mystery to them. There's an excitement to them. There's a potential about them. There's something about a gift that's, that's interesting to all of us. We all enjoy getting gifts. Many of us enjoy giving gifts. Gifts are a large part of life. And as I was considering this idea of gifts and how we give each other gifts, I was also thinking about the gifts that God gives us. Do you know that right now God is giving you so many gifts, whether we recognize it or not? Did you know the sun is a gift? It's a great gift. Would you agree the sun is a great gift? I mean, it's hot, and we say, well, it's too hot. But without that heat, there's no life, and we're dead, right? The sun is an amazing gift. It keeps life on this planet. Uh, it gives us uh, all the things we need to have life. The sun is a powerful thing that God has created for us as a gift. Did you know gravity is a gift? Do you know it's interesting as I've studied the scientific understanding of gravity, we're still not quite sure how it works? Gravity is an amazing gift, wouldn't you say? Some of us say gravity works too much when we get on the scale, but gravity is a great gift. Gravity is amazing. Without gravity, we'd be floating around. We wouldn't survive, right? Do you know your skeleton structure is a great gift? It's a great gift. And some of you say, well, my skeleton's getting older and getting brittle. Well, guess what? Now you really recognize the benefit of that gift. Isn't it true when you begin to lose the gift, you realize how great the gift was and is? Do you know a muscle structure in your body is a great gift that God has given you? Did you pay for that? Did you buy that? Did you ask for that? No, God gives us all these things, our circulatory system, our lungs, our heart, our liver, our spleen, all of these things that work so perfectly and intricately and complex within inside our bodies are gifts from God. Everything within our world, our ecosystem, how the world works, all those things within our environment that allow life to happen, allow the systems and structures that we live in to occur, this is all a gift of God that he has freely given to us. And you know, as believers, he says, when you come to know Christ, he gives you a spiritual gift. And that spiritual gift empowers you to live out your purpose. It empowers you to be the person that God wants you to be. And so for me, I want to know what my spiritual gift is, and I want to use it. Now, I'm up in front of you, and I'm speaking, and this is what I'm doing for a living right now. Um, but when I was younger, 15 and 16, you know what my dad had me do? He had me stand in front of a nursing home where almost everyone was asleep and preach. And you know what I preached on? Knitting for Jesus. And do you know how nervous I was? Extraordinarily nervous. Do you know how I tried to talk my way out of it? Every single time. And everything that God gives you, uh, the gifts that he gives you and how he works in your life uh, is, is a maturation process. It's something that he births in you. He gives to you at, at your, at your uh, conversion, at the point that the Holy Spirit enters you, that gift enters you, and then he wants you to use it and grow in it. And so this morning, 
Uh, I've seen how God has used the gift in my life and in my family's life and in the people around me. And my encouragement to you this morning, you came here to church, hope you're seeking God. I hope you came here because you want to hear from God. You want to know God and you want to understand life better. And my prayer is as we read these verses that God has given to us, that you begin to get more clarity on why he put you on planet Earth, what your purpose is. And I believe by knowing your gift, what God has gifted you with, if you're a believer, is one step closer to really understanding exactly what the purpose God has for you. Why are you here at this time, at this place? Why? And what is your purpose? What is your purpose today? Could you explain it to me if we sat down? Could you say, this is my purpose for life? This is why I get up in the morning. This is why I do what I do. This is who I am. And so let's ask the Lord to speak to us. Let's talk about the gifts that he has given us and allow him to guide us through this conversation. Let's pray together. Father, you are awesome. You are Abba Father. Um, You're the Father who loves to give good gifts. You give better gifts than we give. And Lord, as we look at our lives and we look at our purpose, why are we here? What is this all about? Lord, we know that you've made it clear through your word, but you also tell us to seek us and we'll find you. And if we ask for wisdom, you'll generously give it to us. And so right now, Lord, we want to ask for wisdom. I want to ask for wisdom. And Lord, I want to seek you in these moments that your truth would be revealed to us in new ways. And Lord, I pray that it would be clear and evident what our purpose is so that we can live for you and know that we are living lives in obedience. Lord, I thank you for the truth that you've given us. I pray that you'd bless these moments in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to have a a central text that we're going to be using the next five weeks to kind of ground us into what God is saying, and that's 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 14. And here's what it says. If you have your Bible, you can be turning there. 1 Corinthians 12. This is a great uh, chapter to highlight or to note. If you have your Bible, you can note it. If If you have a tablet or if you have a phone, go ahead and go there. It'll also be on the screens as we go through. But uh, we're Bible-based, Christ-centered, spirit-led, and this is where we're going right now to let God speak to us. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 14. Here's what it says. Just as a body through one has many parts, but but all its many parts from one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body. Whether Jew or Gentiles, slave or free, and we are all given to one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And so we would accumulate or bring this together and say this is unity and diversity. That in this room right now, we're made up of different people. Every single one of us is unique. And as we go through this, we're going to see that each one of us has five uniquenesses that God has given us. And today we're going to talk about your spiritual gift. Do you realize if you repented and believed, if you received Christ into your life and the Holy Spirit dwells within you, we are told that you have a gift from God. It is not a natural ability. It is not something you uh, were able to sing and now you can still sing, right? This is something from the Lord. This is something that God himself gives you, a gift. And so the gift is given to all of us, making us the body of Christ. And as we find our gifts and we find our passions and we find our abilities and we find uh, what we have experience in, all of these things make us unique and a unique part of this church. 
You know, as I was thinking about today and thinking about this message, um, I, I really felt like the Holy Spirit was burdening on me that everyone in this room recognize that they're a part of the body. And if you're not a part of the body, you can be a part of the body. That every human is welcome to be part of the body of Christ. And there's nothing better, nothing uh, more valuable, nothing worth putting your time, energy, effort, and finances into more than the body of Christ. And if there's nothing that you take away from this morning, I, I pray that you would consider the fact that the reason you exist is to be part of the body of Christ. And that everything that has happened into your, in your life, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, whatever has happened in your life has set you to be a part of the body of Christ. He did not make a mistake. He can use everything in your life. He wastes nothing. And he wants to use you specifically. By name, every experience, everything about you is intentional. And he wants to you to be part of the body of Christ. And if we recognize these things, it helps us to build the unity that I need you and you need me. A body isn't very healthy if only one part is growing and maturing and strengthening itself and the rest is dying. Sometimes people think church is about the people that lead the singing, the preacher, the people that do the technical things. That's just one part of the body. In reality, Jesus says, I've given some for these tasks to train and equip the body to do the work of ministry. Do you know a healthy body is when more people that don't have those designations are serving the Lord? When only the people that have the titles are serving the Lord, that's not a healthy body. And so this morning, my challenge is, do you know your gift? Have you recognized that Christ has given you a gift? The Holy Spirit of God has given in you a gift. Do you know your gift? Do you know that you're a part of the body of Christ? Do you recognize your value? I heard a story once. Uh, it was a story that came from Australia. Uh, there were some prairie, these prairie birds that couldn't fly. And they, would, uh, they were multiplying, and they were near an eagle's nest, and one of the baby eagles fell out of the nest. And the prairie birds there, they, they kind of came around the little baby eagle, and they, they welcomed them into the, its tribe, and he became a little prairie bird. And as a prairie bird, he would walk around and he would talk to the other birds and he would get to know them and he would learn how life was. And he began to grow up and he got bigger and bigger and bigger. And for all he knew, he was a prairie bird. And prairie birds can't fly. Prairie birds are used for food, basically, for the locals and for the other animals. Um, they're not that important, right? And so he's a prairie bird. And one day, he's, he's kind of walking along there and he's looking around at the beauty of where he is, and he sees this majestic bird flying above him. And he turns to one of the prairie birds, and he says, what is that? What is that? And the prairie bird says, oh, that's an eagle. Don't worry about that. You're not one of those. You're one of us. And he looked at that, and he said, wow, I wish I was like that. I wish I could fly like that. What an amazing thing but I'm just a prairie bird, and I'll only always be a prairie bird. And you know, one of the things I've recognized is that the enemy has convinced a lot of us that we're just prairie birds. When I read about things in Scripture, when I read about what God does in the life of a person, how he can make an impact, that there's this body of Christ that I can belong to, that can impact the world, that can change lives, I say, that's great, that's amazing, it can't be me. I'm just a prairie bird. I can't be an eagle. That can't be me. That's not what I'm created as. 
Some of you have been told by a parent, you've been told by a boss that you're worthless, that you'll never amount to anything, that you'll never be successful. There are hurts in you right now that are keeping you from moving forward. There are hurts that have told you that you are not valuable and that you'll never really achieve. And when it comes to religion, you've made mistakes. When it comes to Christ, you've fallen short and you've been convinced by the enemy that you can never truly be a holy follower of Christ. Can I tell you that's a lie? Can I tell you that Christ died and rose again, that you would be his child? And that in being his child, that whatever you ask in his name, nothing is impossible. And as you pray for your kids and grandkids and nieces and nephews and neighbors, that none of it is impossible, that God can reach and change and transform, and that we all can become children of the Lord by repenting and believing. And so it's so vitally important because this message, this truth, is part of what our mission is as the body of Christ. The body of Christ is to share this good news with the world. And when we realize that we've been given a gift that empowers us as a body to do this, we recognize the importance of what we're called to do. So as we continue on, in 1 Corinthians 12, 1 and 3, we see the issue. Now about the gifts of the Holy Spirit or the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. I think it's interesting that he says mute idols because in this time you would have had uh, many gods there would be polytheism, that people would worship all these different deities, but none of them actually spoke. They were just pieces of metal, pieces of wood shaped in the form of a, of a deity or in the form of an animal, and they're mute. But maybe, maybe you've never experienced this, and my prayer is that you will experience this, that you sense the Spirit of God speaking to you regularly. That at the closer you get to the Lord, the more you commit time and energy. You start the day saying, God, show yourself. God created me as you created in Genesis 1, the first day. This is another day that you've created. Created me goodness. Created me holiness. Created me purity. Love and patience and kindness and goodness and self-control and long-suffering. Today, create the things that reflect your nature to the world. Today is a new day, and Lord, help me to hear you. Help me to understand you. Help me to know that I am yours. And so he says, I don't want you to be ignorant about the spiritual gifts that God gives you. I don't want you to be uninformed and listen when there's no one talking in these uh, mute idols to a God who is talking and wanting to share with you the gift that he has given you, the gift that he has empowered you with. Therefore, verse 3, therefore I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. If you have the Holy Spirit of God in you, you don't have the power to blaspheme Christ. And then he says, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except the Holy Spirit. If you were to say Jesus is Lord, to make the declaration of declarations, that didn't come to you by your own free power. That came to you by the Holy Spirit of God. That God allows us to say the truth of who he is. He allows us to declare who he is. And this is a gift. It's a gift given to us that we may truly be followers of Christ. But it's a challenge. It's a challenge because in our world, we're told to seek everything but God. Have you ever noticed that? 
One of the most interesting things to me is I've watched the political scene, and some of you love the political scene, some of you hate it. I kind of observe it. One of the things I've noticed in the political scene is I believe back in the 90s and early 2000s, a lot of politicians would uh, use the name God, or they would talk about prayer, or they would talk about the church. And I feel like as we progressed, all those things have been like pushed away, and nobody really dives into the fact that we are created by God for God, that morality comes from God, that he is the one who gives and takes away, that he is the true author of all things, that we're to look to him for guidance and understanding and wisdom, that it's not the opinions of a people that make truth, it is the truth that God created that makes truth. And so I feel like there's a sense that we're not even listening or even applying the idea that God is giving us direction in life. And so what it's saying is, they're saying, don't seek God, don't worry about God when it comes to making decisions for the government, when it comes to making decisions for your family, when it makes, comes to decisions for making your finances, don't seek God. And that's the, that, is, that, is the man, that is the word for man to us, right? We're also told to only listen to our own desires and listen to our own wants and listen to what we want and not be concerned about what God says and what his Holy Spirit convicts us of and what God's Spirit tells us to do. And then also I feel like some of us, you've been given a gift, you know you have a gift. Some of you are generous, some of you are patient, some of you are kind, some of you have been given a gift, you know exactly what it is, but it's like the gift you get at Christmas and then it kind of sits in the garage and just kind of builds up on the dust. Because the, the cares of this world, the bills of this world, the pleasures of this world, the things that pull our time, the urgency, uh, the tyranny of the urgent, that we're always concerned about putting out the fires in our life, that we get so busy doing the things of life that we don't really look at the gift God has given us, which gives us our purpose. And we get so busy trying to build a life that we don't recognize that God already has a plan. We don't have to build it. He's the one that builds and he's giving us gifts and abilities and knowledge and wisdom so that we can live that truth life that he has for us out. And so we need to use the gift, and we don't tend to use the gift. And then when we do use the gift, people like me, um, I know that there are, there are very gifted people. And yet sometimes we own our own gift. How awesome am I? Look at what I can do. I am so gifted, and I glorify myself in the gift. So sometimes I don't use the gift. And sometimes I glorify myself with a gift. And these are all misuses of the gifts of God. And we need to be very careful in our lives that we don't neglect our gift and we don't misuse our gift. Because these gifts are really uh, the declaration from God to us and our purpose. These are so valuable, so important, so uh, intricate to who we are that we need to really focus in and make sure we're not falling into these traps. And so we need to recognize that these are gifts from God that they help us to seek him more, they help us to know him more, and that we listen and use them appropriately. And so here's what God says in 1 Corinthians 12, 4. Now there are different gifts, but the same spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God works all of them in each person. A manifestation of the spirit is given to each person for the common good. One and the same Spirit is active in all of these, distributing to each person as he wills. So here's what I want us to recognize today, and this is, to me, this is such an assuring thing when it comes to gifts. 
When God created the universe, he created a vast universe that as we've studied it, we recognize it's beyond our real imagination how large it is. But in that universe, there is only one place in the whole universe that we know of that life can exist. Most of the universe is radioactive and cannot have life on it. God has established this enormous universe to reflect his ability to create beyond our expectation or even ability to understand, and yet he creates us on this planet. And within the planet, there are so many things that are going on right now that allow us to live. So many things that are happening that are organized and ordered and purposeful. But then within the spiritual realm, outside of the physical realm, there are things that are organized and ordered for a purpose. Do you recognize that God began to move in somebody's life? Somebody that came before you, they, there was a movement in their life, and they recognized it, and God had a specific purpose and a specific plan, and it just, wasn't just for that person. Because when they received this truth, when they received what Christ had for them, they shared it. And who did they share it with? They shared it with you. The gift was given to them so that you may hear the gift, that you may hear the truth, that it may be given to you. You see, the truth is that gift that has been given to you is much more useful for the benefit of others than just the benefit of yourself. That you not using the gift that God gives you and you bragging about the gift that God gives you limits the ability for the gift to be faithful to others. And when we recognize the gift has been given to us, the gift has been given to me for the benefit of my children, for the benefit of my spouse, for the benefit of my neighbors, for the benefit of my nation, for the benefit of my community, that this gift has been given to me, and if I use it appropriately, I live into my purpose, and then my purpose is the reflection of Christ on earth, and then people begin to look at Christ and see the true answer. And they begin to understand that death, burial, resurrection changes everything. And that when they receive that, then everyone receives the gift, and that is the eternal nature of heaven, that we all understand who we are in Christ. And we live appropriately with that truth. And so God has gifted us and revealed things on purpose, not by accident. It's shocking to me. It's shocking to me how many people believe that everything is an accident, that everything came from nothing, that this is purposeless, that this is mindless, empty, that there will be no eternity, that this is just a one-hit wonder that happened and then it'll be away. That is the most terrifying and horrible thought I can imagine. But I can see how it justifies poor behavior. But the truth of the matter is, if I'm a believer in Christ, I know every day matters. I know that there's no mistakes. I know that everything that I do in life has impact. And I realize that God giving me a gift on purpose, it's important for me to seek out that gift to find out what it is. I recognize that it doesn't just impact me, but it impacts the people around me. I realize that there was no chance, but it was absolutely on purpose. 1 Corinthians 12, 24 through 27, as we conclude the chapter, but God has put the body together, giving great honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. 
One of the challenges in church, one of the challenges of what we do is that it can be really easy just to show up on Sunday and, and really not know anybody. It can be really easy to be part of a church and never be vulnerable, never celebrate with someone, never cry with someone, never walk with someone, never speak truth into someone's life. Because unfortunately, what we've created in the United States is, is more of an event than a lifestyle. And what we need is a lifestyle. What it's saying here is that I should feel your pain enough that when you suffer, I suffer. When you have loss, I feel loss. You know what's unfortunate is when we don't know each other very well and we hear about loss, well, they probably deserved it. They probably had something, they probably did something to have that happen to them. You know, when you don't love each other and you're not close to each other and you don't build deep, meaningful relationships with each other, it's really easy to demonize. It's really easy to think the worst of. It's really easy to just say it doesn't even matter. This is why we establish groups. This is why we say it's, it's, it's wonderful to worship together. That's part of what we want to do every week. But even more, we want to be gathered together in a group, getting to know each other, praying for each other, doing life together, because we want to apply this verse, because we're Bible-based, Christ-centered. It says that they cried, they mourned with each other, that these gifts that they were given, the whole purpose of this is to build a body of strength, and the body has to be unified. And for the body to be unified is to build deep relationships. You know, a lot of people are against religion because all they know of religion is rules and regulations. They don't realize that the entire scope of what Christ did was for relationship. Because none of us could religiously make ourselves right. None of us could say enough prayers. None of us could do enough good deeds. None of us could say enough Hail Marys. None of us could do enough of anything to make us right with God. It's absolutely relational. It's the, the idea that a loving God relationally as the Father limited himself as a man to die so that we could be in right relationship with him again. And this is the point of why it's so important for me to seek this gift so that I can grow in it and I can use it and this establishes this truth to others so that they may know they can have a relationship with their creator God, with the Father who loves them. And so here's what we're told about the gift. First, we're not to envy or boast about our gift. If I look at you and I see God working in your life and he has gifted you in a way and I, it just is making a difference and I'm seeing the fruit of that gift, I shouldn't look at that and be envious. Why not me, God? Why can't you do that for me? Why can't I have all those gifts? That's what you do when you're a child. That's immature faith. When I'm jealous of a fellow brother or sister because they have a great gift, we should celebrate the gift. Praise God that we have a church meeting here. Praise God that we're able to help other people. Praise God that churches are growing. Praise God that we're seeing lives transformed. We should never be jealous or envious of the work of the Holy Spirit. We should celebrate it because the gift is being used. And so we don't envy or boast. We don't boast if God begins to do a great work in your life. If you begin to see the manifestation of the fruit of this Holy Spirit, or you see the fruit of the gift that he's given you, and lives are changed and things are happening, and you're singing, and you're not to boast and make someone feel horrible about themselves. Look at me and all the things God's done for me. Look how much better I am than you. You know, one of the challenges is, is we have to be the most humble of those in the community. We have to lovingly, as servants, go out there and say, we want the best for you, and we're willing to sacrifice. Not, we're better than you, we're going to tell you how horrible you are, and we can't wait for you to be judged. This is the temptation. 
that we all face. Thirdly, I, I believe God wants us to maximize our gifts. We're told to not neglect our gifts. You will never have time in eternity to use your gift like you can use it now. This is the time to use the gift. I can remember, you know, you get a tie at Christmas. Oh, that's beautiful, and you never wear it. Well, then wasn't that great, was it? Because the more you use it, the more you appreciate it. The more you use it, the more you show love to the one who gave it to you. The more you use it, the more it matures and grows and becomes more of who you are. You have to use the gift. You need to ma if you're going to maximize something, don't maximize just your fleshly ability. Don't just keep working on what you're good at. Work on what God has given you as a gift. Find out what God has given you as a gift. And pursue it with all that you can so that you can maximize it so that at the day you turn your life in. Because remember, one day this life's over and we return it to God. And he says, what did you do with my son Jesus? Did you believe? Did you repent? And then what did, you, what did Jesus do with you? How faithful were you as his follower? How much did you use the gift that he gave you? I don't want to get to heaven and be like, yeah, I put the gift in the attic it was an amazing gift, but I never used it. Or I made everyone believe this is a gift I created for myself and that I deserve this gift because of how amazing I am. One day, and this is tough for us to really grasp, we are going to stand in front of our creator. We are told it's appointed once to die, and then there's a judgment. That is a reality. Maybe a reality we like, maybe a reality we don't like. But it is coming. What do you want to be that day to be like? And then finally, celebrate and thank God for the gift. Celebrate it. Don't just celebrate it in yourself. Celebrate it in others. If you have a young person in your life and they've given their life to Christ and you see God gifting them in an area, you should support them as much as you possibly can in that gift. Celebrate it. Celebrate when God gives you victories and he uses the gift in your life. Celebrate it when he does things in your spouse's life. Celebrate it when he does it in your neighbor's life. Anytime you see the Holy Spirit of God and that gift is being used, we should celebrate it. And we should thank God for it. This allows us to understand our purpose. This is what we're to focus on. If you want to know why you're here, one of the reasons you're here is to find out what your gift is and to use it. That's one of the reasons you were born. That is one of the reasons you're here right now. How do you apply this? How do you live this out? How do we move forward? How do we take this with us from this place? First, I think we need to ask God for wisdom. Because there's all these things you can take. You can actually take like a gift test. I'm not discouraging or encouraging that. I'm saying seek God for the gift. If you seek God every day, he'll tell you. He'll show you. He'll let you know. Seek him and you'll find. But don't, don't try to figure it out without going to him. Pray and seek him. Just pray out loud. Pray in your heart. God, show me what the gift is you have for me. Show me that I'm your child and that you've gifted me for your kingdom work. Do not judge or criticize. Do not judge someone else's gifts. We'll say, well, they're not that or they're not this like I am. Don't criticize. Don't put down. Encourage. Support. Walk alongside. Help mature the gifts of others. This is an important part for us as the body of Christ. 
As Christians, it's much more about focusing on others and helping them grow in their faith than you grow in yours. Third, encourage others with what God is doing in their life. Encourage them. How can I be an encouragement to you today? This morning, as we gathered here, how can I encourage you to find out your gift and to grow in your gift? And then finally, maximize your gift. Maximize your gift. I find in my life there's very few moments during the week where I really, really, really sense God moving in my life. I think in the morning, in the evening, but most of the day, you're doing the business of the day. But guess what? These are moments we can really focus on the Lord. This is a moment you can really focus in on the Lord. What is your gift? If we were to sit down, what would you tell me your gift is? How are you going to maximize that gift? How are you going to use that gift for the rest of your life until the end? These are the questions you must seek to find the answer for. These are the questions that God gives us. But before you can have a gift, you have to be part of the family. And if you're new with us, I say this every week, are you twice born? I'm twice born. I was born by, by my mother, the flesh, physical birth. But then I was born of the Spirit through Christ and the Holy Spirit by repenting and believing. Repenting of my sin, knowing that I'm a sinner. And then receiving the gift of eternal life, receiving the Holy Spirit who has gifted. But it doesn't start until you come to that place where you say, yes, I am a sinner. I am lost. I'm in need to be born again. Have you made that decision today? Acts 2.38 says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The greatest gift is the Holy Spirit. He's the helper. He's the one that gives wisdom and discernment and understanding. And so now, what is God saying to you? How is God speaking into your life? What is he saying to you right now? Do you know your gift? Are you maximizing your gift?